The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up, kitty up. Welcome to last call of the day. Uh, this is the show that brings you all the news. Gives you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. We've been backstage for the last 30 minutes having a great time. Listen, if you're just tuning into the Failure to Stop podcast channel for the very first time, this is a podcast channel, meaning that we do five different shows a week, starting out of the week off with a little bit of comedy and some cop news for the first responders in the community. That show is called Uncuffed with Jay Durell and myself, and it's all comedy. Um, sometimes it gets a little bit crass and crude. If you're into that kind of thing, that's our Monday nights. Tuesday nights is true crime. It's a little bit more serious with Andrea Uplate. If that's not your cup of tea, that's okay. You don't have to listen to it. Um, on Wednesday, we have Last Call, which is all the other news. It's the most important show on the channel. Maybe not the most entertaining, but it gives you something else to talk about over the weekend other than dead babies and domestic violence, keeping you well-rounded as a first responder um, so you don't just sound like a crazy person to everybody around you. Then Thursday, we have Com Center, which is just horrific 911 audio, crazy 911 audio, all broken down and brought to you by two guys with tons of experience, uh, Drew Breezy and Jonathan Bates. And then Friday, we is a very serious show. It's the breakdowns. By the way, the Danny Holtz call case that we're breaking down this uh, Friday is probably one of the. His audio is cutting out. I'm not sure why. So he's explaining why Danny is going to be one of the most important shows that we've ever done. We've, we're doing all this research. We're talking with, uh, we're trying to get us. I think we're trying to talk with his sister, maybe getting on. I was out of Oklahoma a couple of years ago, right before all the Ferguson stuff really started getting going and the media railroaded this guy. And uh, we think that we have some compelling evidence and some, some stories that, Maybe we'll we'll cast doubt on the on the thing. Sounds like you're back, Eric. Yeah, am I back? Am I back on this one? Yep. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, I don't have the old internet. However, I did break my laptop, and I'm on my kid's laptop, which is the slowest thing on earth. They've got way too many apps downloaded on here. Uh, but yes, yeah, the Danny Holtz call case is just a wild case, and we'll be working on that uh, this weekend. Today's show, Last Call, is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good. It's scary. And listen, I said there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the news. If we all just slept on a ghost bed, it wouldn't be as crazy. You'd be as refreshed and ready to handle it. You know, a lot of people complain these days about uh, anxieties and, and all things. And I get that. And I just think we'd have a lot less of that if we all slept on ghost beds. We all got a good night's, uh, good night's sleep. Uh, I always say that uh, mental health always starts with a good night's rest. So start there. Start with some good, good night's rest. Then start with some physical fitness, a good diet. And see where that gets you. Uh, maybe save some money on some of the other ways to, to do it. But uh, GhostBed had a huge Memorial Day sale. Um, I think that sale is still going through the whole week. Since the sale, they don't end the sale on Monday. So it'll probably go through the whole week. Um, they got 35% off of all the mattresses. Like uh, up to 50% off on bundles. 40% uh, off on some of the bundles. They got the adjustable base. 0% down. 0% financing. And that's if you have tactic cool dude credit. Um but these things are incredible, dude. I, like I said, I sleep in, in hotels almost every weekend now doing a lot of travel. And so the ghost bed pillow has become my new companion. I do not leave home without my ghost bed pillow. 
And um, I, I mean, I wish I could take the whole ghost bed with me, but I can't. So uh, even if you're having a hard time sleeping, it's not time for a new mattress. You can always get that new ghost bed pillow. Use that promo code Wolfpack and uh, and and you'll thank me later. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot going on in the news today. Uh, Memorial Day weekend was phenomenal for me, except it rained the whole weekend. Take it to barbecue the way I wanted to. Ted, like, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend as best as you could? Yeah, we relaxed. We we literally we did nothing. We went and got stuff and barbecued out on the grill and did nothing. We ate and relaxed all weekend. Are you allowed was- to celebrate Memorial Day in Colorado? Is that still a thing? Or yeah, for, I think this is this might be the last year for it, and they're going to yeah. do away with it. Watching an interview the other day, and this guy was trying to have a debate with a woman, and she called him an ultra alt right conservative MAGA dude, and he said, "Wait a minute, you just met me. Like, how are you going to go there?" And she's like, "Well, I can already tell because you have an American flag on your shirt. <laughs> so if you if you have an American flag on your shirt, you're uh, you're alt right uh, conservative. So um, pretty funny. Uh, I guess guilty." <laughs> yeah right i don't have any flags on so come on go easy on me uh yeah we are talking a lot about ufos today guys we're gonna talk about uh bud light sales target sales we're gonna talk about artificial intelligence maybe taking over uh we've got just a lot going on man um too much to squeeze into one show so let's go ahead and just jump right into it i guess because everybody wants to hear about the whole ufo thing uh let's jump into the the Let's jump into the UFOs. You ready for that, Deadleg? I'm. Let's go. Uh, there's a triangle of UFOs we're seeing hovering over a military base. This was uh, like two years ago, and just a bunch of Marines saw this figure. For those of you, our audio listeners, who are just listening in, uh, which is 99% of you are audio listeners only, what you have is this massive, I mean, massive, bigger than any aircraft form of lights set together in not a perfect triangle not a perfect circle it's not round i mean it's basically like random you know it really could look like random flares except the lights are way bigger than a flare light would be even an illumination light we're going to get into that here in a second but the lights are massive and they're almost even though they're not in a perfect triangular necessarily like a triangle like a flying v they're looking like they're attempting to be in some sort of a flying V formation, but then they linger for like 25 minutes. Um, and then what gets crazier is that the military shoots some flares at it and the whole thing's going to disappear uh, without a van, like just vanish without, uh, you know, no, no clues of where it goes from there. And so this all happened about two years ago. Well, there was a podcaster, a famous podcaster that's into this kind of things. And so he spent the last two years just interviewing everybody on the ground. And uh, I guess they, he briefed the DOD. And now that this is all, the DOD has no answers. They have zero answers. They're saying like they have no training on the books. And so like what's really cool about this case is that if it was a training exercise, the military would have came out and said, it's a training exercise. But like they're like, oh, we, I mean, it could be a training exercise, but we don't know what this is. And so now it's actually going to be all these testimonies are going to be heard before Congress, which is really, really exciting um, if you're a UFO lover. But let me just read the uh, article that I have here for you. Um, this is uh, coming from Mirror.UK for our UK fans out there. A mass UFO sighting featuring a silent triangular craft with illuminations triggering air and ground response took place over, this was in 29 Palms, guys. 
uh, which is a big, big Marine Corps uh, shithole training area. Anybody that's been to 20, 29 Palms uh, generally doesn't have anything nice to say about the place. Um, so probably a lot like Fort Knox, Kentucky. The startling incident unfolded on the evening of April 20th, 2021 and lasted approximately 10 minutes. Now, some of the sources say that they saw it for 30 minutes. Uh, videos shot by Marines at the military base with their smartphones seem to reveal the presence of five luminous objects arranged in a distinct triangular configuration. The footage was brought to light by journalist Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, um, who published it through their podcast, which was it's the weaponized podcast where they discuss UFO phenomena. Now, these guys aren't just crazy loony bird podcasters. I did listen to the episode on this. These guys really, you know, they're skeptics, right? Because they hear this shit every day. Every everybody's got something and they can disprove all the time. They're like, oh, that's Venus, that's Jupiter, uh, that's the sat that's Starlink satellites being shot up. You know, they have an answer for everything. But they haven't come up with an answer like this. And they've interviewed Marines on the ground. They've looked at their DD-214s to verify that they're Marines. They've uh, taken their witness statements, matched it up with other witnesses to make sure that they were actually there at 29 Palms at night. And so um, they, they put together a pretty detailed synopsis on what they learned from that night. And paraphrasing it for you, um, kind of what they discovered was um, that these luminations that were hovering were silent. They couldn't figure out what they were. So the first place they go is the artillery. And they're like, hey, you guys can shoot illuminations up. Now, when I saw this, I thought to myself, oh, that's the Artie boys shooting up, you know, uh, illumination rounds to, to light up the airspace. We did this in Afghanistan, uh, sometimes as a psyop to keep the Taliban awake. We would just shoot them up all night long. Um, just to keep them on their toes. So I have seen these for all night long, for several nights in a row. I'm very familiar with what they look like. And just based on the picture, I'm like, well, I don't know how easy it would be to put a formation up like that. But, you know, these already guys got some great technology these days. Um, but then they go and talk to, they interview the artillery members and they're like, dude, we don't have anything that that's that big. I mean, these lights were massive and we don't have anything that can just hover for 10 minutes. I mean, they go up, they hang maybe for a minute or two. And they start to slowly drop. They also leave like a trail behind them. You know, there's like a there's like a fog around them, you know, a, a glare kind of around them. And these lights didn't have anything. These lights were of some kind of electricity type lights. And so on the, the ground, they decided to shoot some flares up at it to see if they can illuminate the body of what was holding it. Because it was evident to them that this thing had a body, like it had a hull. Uh, if you will, like an aircraft style hall. And as soon as they shoot the flares at it, the whole thing disappears, vanishes into thin air. All the lights go out at the same time. And there's no artillery that can do that. Now, my own research on this, I thought it looked maybe like a blimp, like a blimp could do this. And if a blimp turned all of its lights off because the lights are underneath the aircraft, it would appear that there is nothing that it does vanish into thin air. What do you, so what are your thoughts? My, my thought goes, a, a, my brain goes a completely different place. So back okay. when we were developing the first, like when we were developing military technologies, when it's first seen, it's out of this world. No one can explain it. We have no clue what it is. So when we dropped the first nuclear bombs on Hiroshima, that that was 
that was crazy. The world had no idea what it was. We'll back up a little bit further. When the United States was testing its first non-piston aircraft, so it has no propellers, so it's a jet-driven aircraft, mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. pilots wore gorilla outfits, gorilla suits. So when enemy pilots or even our own pilots would see these planes out that are flying with no propellers, there's no visible way of showing how it's being pro like propelled through the air yeah. to our knowledge at the time. So if they seen that, how are you going to explain that to somebody else? There was a gorilla flying a plane that didn't have a propeller on it. So that's really, 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 really hard to explain back then. So we have so much technology and like this kind of this, I think, kind of tiptoes in the AI stuff a little bit. Not that it's AI, but the, just the massive technology, technological leaps that we've had in the last 5, 10, 15 years. Right. I don't know that we're not testing something on ourselves. Some technology yeah. or some surveillance right. technology or something like that, because if it's a, it's twenty nine palms, it's a giant military testing area. You know you're going to have troops on the ground if you know you're going to have military. You're, you know, how many times did you go out for a training event and it wasn't what you're supposed to be out there doing? Right. All kinds, all kinds of times. So I don't know that it's not something out of this world, but we we lie to ourselves all the time. Our government does. We talked yeah, about it on the uh, show. you know, and we talked about Project Bluebeam a lot, and I think that mm -hmm. the Reddit conspiracy theorists, uh, when it comes to Project Bluebeam, are probably just infatuated with this case because it would kind of coincide with like with their with with the, their theories are of, of how the end times are going to show up. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it all starts with massive UFO sightings, and um, you know, if you haven't listened to the Project Bluebeam episode uh, on Night Shift True Crime, you can go back and, and listen to that. But that was a lot of fun diving into Project Bluebeam. Um, I'm not saying that I believe Project Bluebeam at all. I'm just saying that it's an interesting theory. It's fun to talk about. And and this kind of evidence right here is like it's just more fuel to fire. It's like flat Earth. I don't believe in flat Earth, the flat Earth theory. Now, there's a lot of people that do. It's, it's really funny to me. Um, so, you know, it's like if they had some kind of weird evidence, um, you know, like when uh, the space shuttle, this new uh, thing blew up, you know, the flat earthers on Reddit were like, oh, it blew up because uh, he was going to find out the truth about it being a flat earth. <laughs> like everything is evidence. I just think this is like some really great evidence for the uh, Project Blue Beamers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of there with you. Like, I think it probably could be a military thing. You know, blimps look very weird at night with all their lights on. They really do. Um, Everything was really weird at night. I thought for sure I saw a UFO and I jumped on my phone and I was like, I just saw a UFO, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know other people are seeing it, like, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody was like, oh, yeah, we've all seen it. It's the Goodyear blimp flying over to the stadium for tomorrow's game. And it's coming through this area now. And I was like, oh, because, you know, it goes so slow and so, it's got these weird lights, you know, Um yeah, so I, you know, maybe it's uh, some kind of like a weird blimp thing, but it's definitely something because all the lights turned off at the same exact time. You know, it wasn't like these weren't like asteroids falling from the sky, or they weren't like some kind of flares. Um, you know, it couldn't be like individual drones unless they were all synced to shut their lights off at, at the same time. But the time that they were like, you know, no sound. You know, they couldn't really get the shape of a body. Although one marine in the interview said that. He could tell that there was a body to the craft. They couldn't figure out what kind of craft it was. And that's why they shot the flares to try to illuminate 
what was underneath the lights. And then as soon as they did that, all the lights went out. So, uh, man, I mean, you know, yeah. could it be China? Could it be China? I mean, how many balloons have just come over? Yeah. I mean, how many, it, I mean, this is what, two years ago, 2020. Yeah. 2021. I mean, this is right during that time frame when all these balloons are coming across. So let's say it wasn't a, one of those. Yeah. You know, I, so I say, and listen, it takes us into our next story today, giving you all the things to talk about other than the job. Uh, not only do we have a new uh, UFO sighting, but we have kind of a drone war going on between Russia right now, Moscow and the Ukraine. And if you if you follow the Ukraine stuff at all, um, remember, we didn't want to give Zelensky any fighter jets at the beginning because we didn't trust, and I think Biden even came out. I don't have the article here in front of me, but I, you could go back and, and fact check it, or like you could do that if you wanted to. But um, where where Biden himself says we don't want to give them any jets because we don't trust that they won't fly them into Russia and use them, and it'll escalate this. Now, here's my thing: if you're invading a country, why are you escalating when they try to invade you back? Like, why is that such a big deal? Like, why is everybody making such a big deal anytime Ukraine does something in Russia? I think that's like par for course. Like, that doesn't seem fair. I feel like Russia's playing dodgeball, but only they get to throw the balls. Well, is that how that's supposed to work? What's the ultimate end? What's the what's what's the goal? What's the end goal here? So, from Ukraine's point, they want Russia to get out of Ukraine and stop coming into Ukraine. So, you can either try to push them back, or you. Go back to the point where you're like, hey, look, if you don't stop, we're just going to keep going. You're going to try to come to us. We're going to try to come to you. Like it's a, it's just this big escalation back and forth thing. Right. And everybody's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, they're flying into, you know, Russian airspace. And this is a huge, you know, escalation. <laughs> but I'm like, as a C student who's not a military, uh, you know, war strategist, I feel like from the layman's perspective, I mean, if you invite my house enough. I'm eventually going to go to your house and start jacking it up. You know what I mean? Like if you're coming over here and slitting my tires and I can't stop you from doing it, then I'm going to go and slit yours. How is that an escalation of force? It just kind of seems tit for tat more for me. But uh, if you're new to the news, uh, Moscow has been hit with kamikaze drones in the city of Moscow and Russia has vowed to escalate from here. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Does that mean... World War Three, but I think it's crazy that in the same week, China uh, buzzes one of our U.S. military aircraft in some very aggressive maneuvers. Um, and this is all kind of barreling down at the same time. And I have seen nothing but escalation coming out of the Ukraine-Russia thing. And not to regurgitate what every news media outlet says, and I'm not, that's not what this show is about, but I think it's worth talking about is where does the escalation stop? And does it stop at all? Do we end? I mean, is there an end of this that isn't catastrophic um, where it doesn't end in World War III? I really don't at this point in this far in the game see how this doesn't go to World War III. Um, I don't see Russia pulling back at any minute. Doesn't seem like China is uh, pulling back anything. But uh, and, and Imperial Girls in the chat, she says I should read the Jack Carr book. Yes, I, I, I have not read the Jack Carr book, but I've had a very lengthy discussion with somebody who just finished reading the Jack Carr book. 
um, that you're referencing here. What's the title of that book? If you'll put the title in here, I'll let you know. But yeah, is it that uh, he was educating me on it um, this weekend or Memorial Day weekend? And it does really look like it predicts the war uh, with China. Uh, it's 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 frightening, isn't it? Um, and then, you know, when I wake up on Tuesday and see all this news about these drone strikes in Russia and yeah, terminal list. And um, and then I see this Chinese aircraft. Do we have the video of this Chinese aircraft messing with this uh, U.S. Yeah, military planes? There's the video, but I have no audio from it. So what okay, you're well, not hearing explain. Is, the, is, the, is the pilots going, oh, shit. Yes, yes. And these pilots are, what kind of aircraft are they in, Deadleg? I think they're in a, they're in a, uh, a C, they're in a, uh, um, like a freighter plane. Okay. Okay. Like a C-17 or C-130. Yeah. Oh yeah. It looks more like a C-17. Yeah. They're a C-17. Um, big ass cockpit, big ass plane. They're flying super high. And all of a sudden this, this fighter jet gets alongside of them. They're like, Hey, what's he doing? Keep your eyes on him. And then he flies within like 400 feet of the nose of this plane. I mean, just in an aggressive, you know, back to the uh, uh, Fast and the Furious maneuver right in front of the nose of this aircraft, the whole craft violently shakes. And I guess that's because they're flying through its jet wash, which is a thing, yep. which can really jack up a plane um, Yep. from what I've read. So, so like, you know more about what, that. What kind of damage does that do? You're a big flight simulator flight what it does is it disrupts the the air over the the flight surfaces so all of your all of what keeps an airplane in the air same thing with a helicopter is just the flight surface is creating a lift so if you disrupt the air coming over the flight surfaces you lose that lift so you can see in the video that there's a violent turbulence so that's what you're going to feel in the plane but if you're like slower altitudes or with like a smaller plane like c-17 is a larger plane so it's not going to be as affected but that's why, like at airports, that's why they have distances. Like if a Boeing 747 goes to land, you can't land a small little Cessna plane behind it for like 30 to 45 minutes because of the, the jet wash, because of all the turbulent air that's behind it, because it'll flip planes upside down. Like it'll kill people. So like not only that, they're less than, you know, 100, 200 meters from this plane and they're in the air over international water. Like what are they going to do? Are they going to hit the plane? These are, this is, this is just escalating to another degree. I mean, you're going to have to defend yourself because it's, yeah, because I mean, you can, can take see as soon as it crosses the nose of the aircraft that the pilots bounce violently and the camera bounces violently. I mean, you can tell that really jacks up that aircraft. I mean, look at that, that man, look at that, look how much it moves. You can see his head kind of going back and forth on a swivel. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, I guess you could articulate if I'm the pilot, I don't want that shit happening. Of course, I don't think that that plane particularly has any, unless it's an AC-17 or an AC-130 or something like that, doesn't have really any way of, of defending, itself. defending itself. But um, yeah, I mean, if they're in international waters, but you know, China, China, I, I looked into this just briefly. And again, just giving you something to talk about really not not telling you to go at your friends with the facts that I present you. I'm just trying to give you something to do in your cop car. So if it sounds interesting to you, it sounds like something you want to read up on, you know, go for it. But like China's like, no, 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 no. You guys are escalating because you guys are flying closer and closer to us and you're doing more flights and you're doing more brazen flights 
And so you guys are the ones that are escalating it. And we're just going to the next level. Like basically you're bringing a baseball bat. So we're bringing a sword. You know what I mean? Like you bring a sword, we're going to bring a spear. And that's kind of way that China, and I don't know who to believe um, these days, just because the propaganda is so thick on every side. Uh, obviously I have to go with the, with the United States because I am an American um, and we can do nothing wrong. So, but uh, it, it's, it really shows me that there's more evidence than not that World War III is kind of like imminent at this point. Everybody seems to be escalating um, and nobody seems to be trying to de-escalate. Like there doesn't seem like there's, you know, now we're, we're moving into Mexico and, and all those things. That's something that we got to pay attention to. So, you know, uh, Clark Culpepper in the, or Culper in the chat says that China's main tactic is gaslighting. Sure. Um, you know, but, you know, I don't remember us having these problems four or five years ago. No. Three years ago. Because the, and it's not that I'm a more of a, a, more of a Trump or a Biden guy, but when you have the person in office, they don't need to be completely crazy, but you have to have that little bit of crazy in the back of their mind to think, well, I don't want to poke that bear because they might just poke me back. Like that's, (laughs) that's, that's, that's one of those reasons like that. I think that over the, like the previous administration, we didn't have none of this stuff going on because no one wanted to play. No one wanted to poke and see how far they could get. But like Bone Cold said earlier, like a couple months ago, Russia did the same thing to one of our U.S. drones and it came out of the sky. Right. So if, if you don't think that this is, if you like grains of a sand, grains, you know, they'll amass of a desert over time. You don't look at it like that, right. but we don't look at this is one event. That's one event. You got these drone attacks in Ukraine. We've got all these little small things, all the balloons that are coming over the United States. These small things build up and build up and build up. Next thing you know, we're going to be in World War III and everyone's going to be looking at each other going, how did we get here? <laughs> and there's going to be a yeah. group of us going, oh, like, look, we've been remember screaming that about time it for yet. the last eight months. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, you know, not to be all doom and gloom either, but it's not like that's the only thing we have to worry about. And I, I don't know why this has become such major news. We've had to cover this four or five times on the last recent last calls. It seems like over the last four or five weeks, but this whole artificial intelligence, um, thing where it's, uh, the artificial intelligence kind of predicting that the end of mankind will come to AI, Oh, I'm starting to now think is why, why is the media putting this out? At first I thought, Oh, this is some news that we should pay attention to because this is really interesting. A lot of people are saying that AI is getting out of hand. Now it's almost like it's every day, a headline news that AI is taking over. Is this another scare tactic that the media is trying to use against us that I got duped into or is AI a real threat? This article comes from NBC news. It's AI risk leading humanity to extinction. So like when I see it escalate to like extinction, like now I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit crazy. Like it went from like AI is dangerous and AI, we should get rid of AI and it's becoming too smart and it can be used for bad to now it's gone to like, like nobody kind of gave a shit. And now they're like, okay, well nobody gave a shit. Let's escalate it to extinction. And then like, see if that turns some heads, you know, while you, Um, while you presented this article, I found another one. Some attorney is in trouble. Because of okay. using chat GPT. I he did see that used, too. I saw that. I saw that article. Tell me about it. So he, instead of using his firm or his resources, he used chat GPT to research for one of his clients that he's representing. 
and he's suing an airline. So on behalf of this client, and they sent out all of these, you know, this is why our client has all of this. And they cited all of these different uh, court cases. Well, not only did the judge call bullshit on it, the other attorneys that they're suing called bullshit on it. And they're like, none of these exist. This is all made up. So they started looking back into it. Well, he gets called in front of the judge. So the judge goes, Hey, you presented stuff that was not, this is, this is fraud. This isn't, this is just right. totally made it's up. It's not factual. It's not factual. So they get, so they call the judge, the judge calls the attorney in front of the judge. I can't remember. There's a specific term for it, but they have to answer for their, what they're being accused of. And in the brief that the attorney filed to exonerate himself or explain himself, he uses the actual chat GPT chat law. So he knew what he was doing while he was doing it. And to cover his bases, he asked chat GPT, is that true? And it said, I apologize for the confusion earlier. Upon double checking, I found that the case Varga versus China Southern Airlines Company Limited uh, 925 F3D 1339 11th Circuit Court 2019 does indeed exist and can be found in legal research databases such as Westlaw and LexisNexis. I apologize for the inconvenience and confusion of my early responses that may have caused. So this is what this attorney is using as his defense. That when he signed these, so the big problem with this is when he filed these documents in support of his claim, the when you're filing those documents, there's a lot of things that you're you're when you sign, you're signing for a lot of things that those documents are true, that you researched them, that you read them, that this is presented in factual information. There's a lot of things that you're signing to. So when he signed to that, he signed to that and he knew that he was lying. Not only that, his ex explanation to it is like, look, this is what I did. So we have an attorney who filed motions in court on behalf with using chat GPT AI. And it's coming out. It's like already it's in court already attorneys. Like we talk about when is this going to be a problem? Well, we have a problem. We have it using for this. So where, where else are, are they using this for? And if the media is talking about this, we always ask the, you know, the, is this gaslighting or what are they not talking about? And not to not completely transition to the next, but they're not talking about the FBI director, not talking, answering the Congress. They're not talking about this, you know, spending bill getting pushed through in the middle of the night. They're not talking about those two things, but they're talking about the chat GPT. Right. Um, somebody in the chat's bone cold fleas Austin says on August 29th, 2027, the AI chatbot became self-aware, viewing humanity as a threat to its existence. Chatbot launched every nuclear missile at the U.S. arsenal. The day is known as Judgment Day. Yes. Uh, I often do think about Terminator. I've actually thought we watched Terminator with the kids and I thought, what about instead of them sending back, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Connor or, or sending somebody back in time to get Sarah Connor? What if they just went back in time and invented artificial intelligence earlier to like let us know and like made movies like Terminator to give us warnings, you know, thinking that would that would work. But um, those are just thoughts that Eric has laying on his ghost bed before he's lights out uh, after the nuclear fire that killed over four billion human beings. The survivors faced a new nightmare, the war against the machines. It's going to be a great movie. Fortunately, we're all going to have to suffer through it in real life, and that's going to be terrible. Uh, but yeah, this whole chat, this whole chat GBT thing, like I understand that AI can be used for bad. And I think it's more of less like, you know, Hey, can we do this? And there's that fake voice that, you know, sounds like Tom Cruise 
gives access or gives permission. Like those are the kind of ways I see AI being used bad. But um, it, it's just like, I don't know because there's so much in the news about extinction and AI is the most dangerous thing that now I'm kind of like, well, you guys are pushing this a lot. And I always get leery. I always get leery when you guys start pushing something a lot because you always have agendas. Like the mainstream media always has an agenda. They don't just post things out. So I don't know. It's just like another, you know, uh, scare tactic or distractor to get us away from what's going on, which you did bring up. You did do a little foreshadowing and I appreciate that to the FBI getting, uh, well, not showing up on their subpoena and being held in contempt. Uh, I don't know if we have that article up. Um, I'm going to refrain from using my computer and go to using my phone because this computer again is so slow. Um, But let's uh, take a look at the holding of the FBI Republicans to hold the FBI director in contempt of Congress over the Biden documents. Uh, The house oversight committee chairman, James Comer, this is uh, from Fox news is taking steps to hold FBI director uh, Christopher Ray in contempt of Congress after the bureau notified the panel, it will not comply with its subpoena related to possible criminal scheme involving the vice president. So basically there's documents that prove that the, the Biden administration is in a scheme or has been scheming, um, you know, with China and Ukraine. Is that right? Is that the documents? Yep. And um, yep. so there's a and they're just they're not going to turn over those documents. Uh, the FBI said Tuesday evening it remains committed to cooperating with Congress. Obviously not. I will provide access to the document in a format and setting that maintains confidentiality and protects important security interests and the integrity of the FBI's in, uh, in investigations. Um. So here's what's crazier or the craziest thing. So if, if they hold the FBI director into contempt of court, they send that warrant to the FBI. So the FBI director is now going to arrest himself. But th- this is just another, I mean, if it's not damning, you need to let it out or you need to, re- you need to start redacting stuff. But you have a whistleblower saying that the sitting president is involved in uh, corruption and there's documents that we can prove it and you have congress which is a representation of the people using their congressional power to say look we want the voice of the people wants to hear this and the fbi is going eh, no we didn't elect people to the fbi they get appointed last time i checked right so which is you know that big, the big debate right now is like who's really running the country is it the fbi and the cia yep. or who who is it you know is that because it's definitely not us the people because if you're, I mean, what's that tell the American people? So you tell me that I need to go in front of Congress and I flip Congress the bird and they send marshals to show up. I'm going to go, okay, you're going to do the same thing for the director of the FBI because he's in contempt of Congress. If you're not going to, you got to apply the rules only exist if you apply them equally. And I just think and it's we, crazy we that have, we, the people like really just kind of allow this all to happen, you know, because like, what can we do? You know what I mean? But like, is it, we, the people should be able to fire the FBI director and say like, no, 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 no. Hey, homie, like that's not how this works. You know, if you're going to backdoor all this stuff, you know, with the whole Russia collusion things and, and the mismanagement of warrants and, uh, and wiretaps and all these other things, like, I mean, we, the people should, should know who was fired when they were fired and how they were fired. You know, it's funny whenever a cop fucks up just a look, like a low life, like a, you know, bottom of the barrel street cop screws up. 
I mean, we know what Jimmy works out at. We know what church he goes to. We know what, you know, his whole history. We know how many complaints he's had. But, you know, when one of these FBI directors or one of these FBI guys at the top, when they screw up, we don't even get to know their fucking name. Yep. We're, we don't, we know nothing. And then when they're, when the powers to be are actually called to the table to explain what, what's going on, they're not, they're not explaining anything. The, like we know we have the receipts for a lot of the stuff, which the Biden is saying, no, I'm not involved with my son. Well, we have receipts. We know it. We have the emails from your, from the laptop. So you're lying. You're lying about it. So the, what's going to be done about that? Then we've got this uh, information here. The FBI director is just not going to. So who gets the, the do we all just get to pick what laws we're going to follow or are we just. Are we in an anarchy state now? And we're just going to pretend what we want to do. And then the FBI and everybody else is just the Gestapo. And they're going to go out and arrest and put people in prison they just don't like. Like, How far are we going to take this? Like, that's the lines that we're crossing. And a lot of these things that you, like we're going, you can't, you can't undo some things. You can't unsay some things. You can't yeah. unsee some things. Like, we're headed down a very, very bad path in our own country. And then globally, we're knocking on World War III at the same time. <laughs> uh, Bone Coldfleece awesome says, uh, we the people voted for Biden. Uh, Imperial Girl says, we the people voted for Fetterman. I don't really have confidence in we the people. Um, a lot of funny stuff in the chats here going on. It's just fun to, to bring this up on last call. Cause I like to see what the people have to say about things like this. Uh, we got another one here that says Epstein isn't dead. He is running all the behind the scenes. Uh, it's just, it's, it's also, um, you know, right now, you know, Wasman 999 says in March, Elon Musk and a thousand others signed a letter to ask AI development to be halted. Yeah, it's going back to that. Um, it, you know, because Wasman, you're in the, the UK or whatever, you get to kind of get a look into what's going on in American politics. But really in the last like three or four years, American politics has been right on par with actually Canada. Um, you know, we used to all sit back and laugh at Canada's politics and, and laugh at Canada. And now it seems like we've been like, hey, you know that, you know, those people we always laugh at and make fun of, like, let's try to do what they're doing. It's like every media outlet watched The View and watched everybody make fun of The View, the TV show, for years and years. And nobody, nobody took The View seriously. And now, like, all of mainstream media is like, you know what? We should do what The View does. Just say ridiculous crap. Um, and, you know, even though The View's never gotten really great ratings, but somehow manages to stay on TV, uh, it's, it's the uh, politics here in the United States over the last couple of years has just, just a rapid decline rapid decline in uh in this country yep. and and i don't know i don't know what stops it you know until we the people you know i think the only thing that keeps us free is our guns you know and, and i think that um michelle obama went out and on one of these talk shows and said that you know their main goal right now is going after the children to because the children are the ones that are going to vote to get away to 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 get rid of the second amendment and um, that's been the whole that's been the whole battle in the last few years is, is getting rid of, of, of guns. And, um, and, and I know, you know, and it's hard to look at these mass shootings because you empathize with the victims of these mass shootings. But at the same time, if you're a real free thinker, you have to kind of, the top of your brain has to think, well, like, listen, the only thing that makes us different from any country in the world is that our freedom cannot be taken away because we have guns. And now in the last, you know, uh, 10, 11 years, 20, you know, well, you know, 
15 years, if you want to go back, you know, there's been a real concerted effort into getting rid of our Second Amendment. Why? You know, we didn't have a problem with the Second Amendment up until Columbine, up until 1999. What changed? What happened in 1999 that made school shootings and mass shootings a thing in the United States? What changed in that one year? Before that year, I'd never heard the word mass shooting, never even thought about a school shooting, never even heard of a school shooting until 1999. What happened in that one year of 1999 that all of a sudden all we hear about is getting rid of the Second Amendment and another mass shooting, another mass shooting? Um, and so you, you kind of have to question these things of like, what, what's the like, what, what is causing these things? What's the you know, what's the bigger picture? Is there a bigger picture or are we just crazy? I don't know. But uh, every time know, someone it, comes up with with one of these arguments for gun control or take guns, right, I present Chicago. If Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in this country, and this weekend they had 53 shot, 11 fatal. Could you imagine if oh, 53 the, people got shot in the Hamptons? Wait, the victims age from 2 to 77 years old. Wow. That's Chicago. So if you want to tell me that gun control works, I'm going to present you Chicago and you can go over there and shut up. Well, you know, murder's I, I illegal. Live, and I live just outside of, of Raleigh, North Carolina in a very Southern, very Southern area. Um, maybe the home of the South, really. Um, you know, the, the civil war was fought in my backyard. Uh, literally the stream that I live on, the Creek that I live on uh, was the North. This is where they camped out and it became a Boy Scout campground before it became where I live now. Um, and I found a holster down there. I've uh, found some like old coins down there. I mean, if you, if you're a guy that's into the the whole metal detector stuff, my Creek is where you want to go. Um, you know, so I, I live in the backyard of, I mean, the, 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 I am in the deepest South that you can kind of get into. And, uh, everybody here has a gun. Every single person, poor, old, young, uh, doesn't matter. Everybody in this town has a gun. You can go to Walmart and, you'll probably you could count 15 open carry guns on somebody's hips inside the walmart i don't know that we have more than two or three shootings a year here because you know um, they're going to shoot you back i, I mean what you know it? what like what separates us from chicago like why you know if everybody here has a gun but nobody's killing each other what makes chicago a place where people want to kill each other and use their guns uh violently i don't know uh, i don't have i don't have the answer i'm i'm a C student at best, as I always say, but uh, I do think it's interesting that 1999 was the turnaround for that. And I think it's interesting that there's a real conservative effort, you know, well, what's the point of delegitimous delegitimizing the police, which is why we had to start this show to begin with. What was the purpose in that starting in 2016, you know, the, America was, was breaking records, was breaking numbers on how safe it was and gun violence was down. Um, murders were down, race were down. Everything was going great. Uh, how come 2016 we just decided to flip the script and change everything we're doing to now being up, you know, over 20 percent across the board on violent crime um, as a whole in the country? You know, what changed? What what made us want to go backwards? You know, I don't know, um, but it seems nefarious, does it not? Yeah, there's one way that because my thing with everything is I always go follow the money, follow the money and you'll find the source. And you ask, how do we make change or how do we change? I'll show you how we make change. Bud Light has lost 29.5%. And 
and Target is, is beating them in percentages. They've lost, they've lost, Target's lost over 10 billion. They've lost a billion dollars a day for the last 10 days. 10 days. So if you say follow the money, though, that doesn't make sense. Like, it, and it was catastrophic for Bud Light. And, uh, you know, by the way, Bud Light's only lost 1% across the board of their sales. But 1% is huge um, when, when you're coming, when you're talking about a company that size. You know, what, what would make Target want to follow suit? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it was follow the money, why wouldn't we all just do what Chick-fil-A does? Well, it's, I didn't pull that one up, but Chick-fil-A is in that diversity, inclusion, and equity uh, as well. Because there's this there's this big DEI uh, number this this thing that you get if you're you're part of the if you your company or your corporation embraces all of these values you get this score this ESG score that I talk about if you don't have enough of this stuff in your company then you don't have that score and a lot of that is where how you were talking about with sponsorship where money comes from. So if you don't have this ESG score, then we're not going to let you run ads on CNN. If you don't have this ESG score, we're not going to run ads on your stuff. So it's it's both sides of it. So we, we're not going to promote it or we're not going to let you promote it. You either bow the knee or you're done. That's the one side of it. And the other side of it is the American people going, okay, well, if you're going to lean that way, we're not going to spend our money. All right. I mean, yeah, but it boggles my mind. I mean, and a lot of this is funded like through the George Soros um, companies and things like that. And we, you know, you can hear people like Dan Holloway talk about this. You can Don Bongino, uh, was it Dan Bongino? Dan Bongino, is that his name? Um, yeah, you know, they they, so. they go in all this stuff like in, in great detail. And those are things that I, I really enjoy to listen to. It's above my, my pay grade and above my head, but. You know, it's crazy that they put it all out there, but we still don't really react. Um, this is the first real big boycott that's ever really been successful, though, in the last 30 years. I mean, this is like the boycott on, on Bud Light and Target will make the history books. Um, well, it's like a real life boycott. boycott. I don't know that they counted on that happening. I think maybe they thought it was a fluke with Bud Light, maybe. Um, I don't know what caused Target to go that hard or that far that fast, but I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's hitting them in the pocket. And I, I think Target is suffering even more uh, then Bud Light is suffering. I'll bring this article up for you really quick. Uh, and again, I apologize. I have my phone because of the computer, the slow computer, my computer here. Um, but this is from the New York Post uh, 14% drop in value for the blue chip stock, roughly translate to a $10.1 billion loss to just 64.2 billion for target, which has nearly 2000 stores nationwide. The plummet stands as the retailer's lowest stock price in the last three years. Uh, the last time the company saw a drop nearly this big was in 2022. Um, you know, with the surge of the COVID pandemic, obviously um, target, which has been caught in the middle of America's culture wars over gender moved its pride section in some Southern stores away from the front last week after it said displays were knocked over by protesters who also, could workers, but that, this isn't anything new. They were they did some anti-war shit back in the uh, early 2000s that really pissed troops off. They they stopped giving, like they 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 stopped like doing care packages to the troops. Or I can't remember what it was, but like I, I remember like you know all the troops saying like yeah boycott the troops and like all the women like the wives of the military wives are like nah not gonna happen. Uh, we still love our target. <laughs> we don't have our husbands, but we still have our target. Damn it! And that didn't work. But this one, this is an actual real boycott. 
Um, and I, I guess, you know, it's, it's because they're fucking with the kids, you know, and they're, yep. you know, I think it's, I think that's where everybody's going wrong here is that they're, they just, it's too much involvement of children. Like if you just keep gay, an adult thing, if you keep, you know, uh, these cross-dressing shows, uh, an adult thing where you can go to a gay bar and, and watch it happen, or you can go to an adult uh, bar, a 21 and older, or 18 and older bar club and see these kinds of shows, you know, I don't know that people would have that much of an outcry or backlash about it, but when you start doing this shit in front of your children constantly and putting it in the children's sections, um, when you have children's clothing that, that conceals their genitalia, one, I mean, like how many fucking kids are out there trying to conceal their genitalia, you know, um, you know, more, one more, or two per, is, per school <laughs> is what adult has had that much thought into children's genitalia. That's a problem. There's a list of people that have been doing this on Epstein's life. Like this is all, this is where it's all, you hear the, that's all connected. This is where it's all connected. Right. They just get, leave the damn kids out of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at some children's clothing right now being put out by target. Um, This is a child shirt that says trans people will always exist. Why does a child need to be making political statements? You know, I mean, I don't think you should have your child um, and this, this shirt, by the way, looks like it fits maybe like a six, eight year old, uh, looks like the size there is a medium. It's, it's in the kids section. So it's a very small shirt. Um, you know, why does a child that size and that age, aside from Sarah Kelch, who's a big fan of ours, who looks like she's that age, uh, why would a child need to wear a shirt that's that, you know, like, it's like some of these kids at the skate park that, you know, these are 10, 11 year old kids with big gay pride stickers on their helmet. Like why do you need to be making political statements at the skate park? You don't see anybody putting like pro gun stickers on their helmets and shit like that. Like it's just skater stickers, you know, very odd though. Um, maybe learning math and, and English and biology and so like maybe learning that stuff, not, not to be active. That's all they're trying to do is they're trying to breed little activists. Yeah, that's what they are. That's exactly what they're doing. They're indoctrinating and creating little activists that that don't ever have real jobs, that spend their whole life going to school and then going to college, never getting a real job, and then going and complaining on why they don't have what everybody else has that has good working jobs. Uh, while many, this is coming from the New York Post, while many have likened the conservative boycott against Target to that of Bud Light, which saw sales crash after partnering with the transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz doubted the backlash against the retailer would be as impactful. Speaking on this, speaking on his podcast Friday, the Republican said that while multiple alternatives exist to replace Anheuser's Busch brands, the same is not so much for Target. I mean, that's true. Target has kind of created a really kind of unique space. He instead compared the retailer to Disney, which suffered backlash after speaking out against Florida's so-called "Don't Say Gay" law last year, but continues to be a financial giant. You. You can be annoyed at Disney, but if your kids really want to go to Disney World, uh, that can be hard to say no to. There are not a lot of alternatives. There's Six Flags, but Disney World is pretty unique offering. And he's right. There is a magic. There is there is magic about um, Disney. Um, but I'll tell you what, we have cut down on what Disney movies we watch with our kids because of um, the agendas you know when i was a kid it, the agenda was global warming like right all the disney movies fern gully bambi it was all tree hugger kind of mentality like save the planet stuff and so my parents were like 
uh, we're not going to allow you to watch some of these Save the Planet things until you're old enough. So it's like I could watch Bart Simpson, but I couldn't watch Fern Gully. Because my parents Planet. didn't like, yeah, I could watch, I could watch GI Joe, but I couldn't watch Captain America, you know. And and now I get it because it really, from day one, has been like an indoctrination of going after your kids. Hey, you know, this is going to put money in our pockets, and we can start convincing the younger kids and the younger generations. Um, then later on, when they're older, it's gonna it's gonna put money in our pockets. I just don't know what money this this LGBTQ stuff is gonna put in your pocket. I just don't see it. It's the it's whatever the advertising on the on the back. It's whatever that money that we don't see. It's whatever this talks on the backside that we don't see. It's whatever talks are going on right now. Going, hey, someone had to explain for this because shareholders, yeah. like they're publicly traded companies, they they have to answer to shareholders. Shareholders will ask the CEO, why was this done? What would in your mind? made this believe that this was in the company's best interest to get more money. When you Once you get to that point, once you're publicly traded, you have no goal other than to get more money for your shareholders. That's it. You can do whatever you want on the backside, but at the end of the day, the only thing you're responsible for is those shareholders and making sure that they're happy. Because if they start pulling their money, then you have no job. You have no target. You have no Anheuser-Busch. Over time, like, $10 billion. That's a lot of money. Like, it feels we, like we, we talk, we talk about the podcast going from like 30, $40,000 a month down to like three or $4,000 a month. Imagine losing a billion dollars overnight. Now we're going to do that tomorrow night. We're going to keep doing that for the next 10 days. You lose $10 billion. Like the, the Bud Light stuff, we're, we're about a month or so into that. So we're about a week into target. So if you just say that that's going to try out for another month, for 30 days, that's $30 billion. Let's call it 20, 25. Like there's an impact there. The people, you know, the American people are making their voice heard. Well, the long, the, the long lasting impact of Bud Light, you know, they thought that this was just going to go in a week, but I mean, as they, as you see the pictures on Memorial day weekend, I saw it for myself. Um, Bud Light was full. All the other beer was scarce and people were buying it up, but Bud Light, nobody was touching it. I was at a baseball game and, um, a minor league baseball game and the Bud Light line was completely empty and the Yingling line was around the corner. So, I mean, it's having a lasting effect. People just simply stop drinking it. And the thing is, they're not going to get a lot of those back because, you know, for some reason, those light beer people, they really latch on to one light beer and then that's what they drink for the rest of their life, even though that it's all the same shit. But like once you leave Bud Light and go to Coors Light, they're not going to get them back over to Bud Light. They're going to stay with Coors Light forever. Um, especially when now that they've learned that Coors Light tastes the exact same. Um, Imperial goes that Ferngully is okay, to be honest. I, I won't go into the science, but there's a point of no return where uh, deforestation changes. Yeah, listen, I, I'm just telling you what my parents' thoughts were back in the early 80s. I'm not saying that that's me. I mean, I watch Ferngully now and, and, and you know, Avatar and all those other things, but... Um, I, I'm just saying that, like, even, even back then, the indoctrination was, like, global warming and getting us all scared about deforestation and all these other things. And, and now we've completely moved on from that to uh, something else. You know, now we're like, we're full blown transvestite, full blown gay. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe the point was just like the escalation of indoctrinating kids. I, you know, I don't think you should be putting agendas into to kids' minds. Just make entertaining cartoons and just make them, make them entertaining. And I don't know that Fern Gully was Disney or not Disney, but if you can remember every show back in the day, every, 
you know, major hit, it all had to do with environmental science, free willy, um, Dumbo drop, uh, Fern Gully, Avatar, um, Rescuers Down Under. Um, what are some of the other ones there, man? It, like all of them had to do with with Save the Planet. All of those, uh, the gorilla ones, you know, moving the gorillas from the from the forest. I mean, they definitely definitely went through a phase of the '90s where it was all about Save the Creature. I'm not saying I'm against that. I'm just saying that like there was definitely agenda going on in the '90s to uh indoctrinate kids and whether it's good or bad i mean like i said I, maybe it's for the better because i love shamu and uh, you know i was a big fan of the blackfish documentary and freeing the shamus and stuff like that but um but i'm just saying like all those movies all the movies um what was the one with mimi siku <laughs> i don't even know if that was it, it was tim allen <laughs> that was a great movie by the way super funny movie but even it making fun of corporate America, which, hey, listen, I'm a fan of. Like, I don't like corporate America. I don't understand how people live in big cities. I'm not a big city guy. I'm actually doing a whole Patreon episode on that um, <laughs> about, like, why do people want to live in big, giant cities and, and not listen to anybody that lives in the country? I've been born and raised in the country, lived in the cities for a very minor amount of time, and I just thought to myself, wow, there's no way I could do this. Um, I, I just think that there's just not enough freedom, and I, and I think people have gotten so used to sacrificing freedom for luxury that they kind of lost sight on what real freedom really is. Uh, I encourage some people to just get outdoors, man, and go enjoy true freedom. But uh, anyway, um, I, like I said, C student at best, just giving you guys something else to talk about. This has been another great episode of, uh, of last call. And uh, we are getting ready, gearing up. We have so much work to do for Friday um that friday show the friday breakdown is just going to be something that you should all listen to it's going to be another one of those debaters man like did this guy do it did he not do it what does the evidence show you know whose evidence is clear yeah it's it's one of those things um that it's going to be maybe highly debated this is uh, just to give you a little bit of foreshadowing i saw this case go down in 2014 i was a young officer uh, you know, younger officer in 2014. And uh, I remember watching the trial and seeing this. And before any, like at, at that time, everybody was against this cop. There wasn't one person. It was a lot like Uvalde. There wasn't one person that was on the side of this cop, but I was like, wow, I don't, that doesn't line up. That doesn't sound credible. That would almost have to be a perfect shitstorm, which it could very well may be, but I mean, it would be something to look at. And now we fast forward nearly 10 years later. And now that the emotions of the case have calmed down, you're starting to see a lot of evidence and, and a lot of the, uh, the trial stuffs, you know, people have had some time to go through it and now some really big popular players. Now, listen, I talked to Drew Breezy about this months ago and I, and I said, you know, maybe a year ago, I told Drew Breezy that my goal in life was to do an episode on this. Since I've said that, there has been two other people bit way bigger than me that have come out and done some really great investigative investigative journalism on this. It's actually kind of proving exactly what my thoughts were in 2014. And again, I don't want my feelings to determine the outcome of this case. Cause I know just cause you feel something doesn't make it true. There has to be evidence that supports what you feel and, and you've got to be objective and you've got to look at the evidence that goes against what you feel. So I've really spent the last two weeks 
that we've been preparing for this case, listening to the other side of the story, listening to the side of the, the, the newer sides of the story, looking at all the evidence objectively. And I'm going to try to put it all out there for you. Um, and, and it's just one of these things where it's like, if I'm wrong on this one particular thing, then it could cause the case to go, for instance, I feel like, and I don't know the detective, but I feel like that this detective probably has something in her past and I'd like to know what the, the past is. And I actually have dived dove into this. And so I'm going to present you with the past of this detective and then you'll see whether I was right or wrong. But it was like, you know, um, I, I feel like this this detective had a headlights on and didn't look anywhere, but where the flashlight was shining and didn't look outside the box and had an agenda. And again, you know, I'm not going to give away the whole show to you, but uh, we're going to go through each step of this investigation and and each step of the case. And at the end, you know, I'll leave it up for you to decide whether this man is guilty or not. And, uh, but it is just a massive case. If any of you don't remember Danny Holtzclaw, you're going to think I'm crazy right now. You're going to go look at the headlines news and you're going to say, there's no way Tansy, there's no way in hell that you have any grounds to stand on. How dare you? I'm not going to follow this show. You bleed blue and you're just trying to take the backs of the cops. Guys, I, I, if you go back and objectively listen to this show, um, you know, I'd prove you wrong time and again. I said that Derek Chauvin should go to jail for seven years. You know, if you hear what you only want to hear, then then maybe. But if you listen to everything that I say um, and you don't try to just, you know, pick through with a fine fine tooth comb, I think you'll see objectively that I'm, I'm trying to find the truth. Uh, to these to these answers, and I'm not just taking this guy's this guy's word just because he's a cop. I really do think there's a lot of evidence that needs to be looked at in this case, and I can show you other cases. Um, you know where you know some of these true crime podcasters, man, they just want these people to be innocent, and so they go one way and they try to sway evidence. You know, and I'm not trying to do that with this case. I really am not trying to say like I want this guy. I don't care. I don't know this guy. He's Asian, so there's no like race thing going on there. If you wanted to blame me for just wanting to have a white guy be innocent of this, he's not. He, I don't think he's a white guy. Um, you, you know, I, I don't I don't know this cop. I don't know Oklahoma City cops. I hate rapists. I hate bad cops more than anything in the world. And so I have no problem shaming. And if I'm wrong on this case, but I, there's no evidence so far that has that has come out that makes me say, okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. This guy's a piece of shit. Let's, let's go. Um, uh, but I, I think you guys are all going to, when you look at this case very objectively and you see all the information I bring forward, I think you're all going to go, Oh, wow. Oh yeah. This was, this is exactly kind of how Kyle Rittenhouse happened. Um, but unchecked. Mastrata. Mastrata. Unchecked. This was, it's, it's not the exact same, but it's, it's the media. It's, it's things getting way out of like objectively. If you look at things, you're going to go, how did it get to this point? And I think it's only because it had to do with rape, with rape um, and sexual yep. allegation. I think it's like, that's so foul and it's so bad. It's almost like pedophilia. It's like, fuck it. Like, I don't even care. Like, obviously there's something there. So like, let's just get rid of this guy. Um, and I think that's kind of what played into it. Plus there was this black versus white thing. And it really was because it was black homeless women versus this guy. This guy has all the traits of a toxic white dude. Um, but when you look at all the facts, when you look at the, I mean, dude, when you look at all the, ev- the actual evidence that shows whether he did this or he didn't do this, I think you'll be shocked. And, and I think at least you'll be like, I don't know that he got a fair trial in this. And, and again, maybe, there's other evidence out there, but I think it's worth definitely another look. So we are going to be deep diving that on Friday. 
and you're going to want to be there for it. Um, study up on the case if you want to before then, if you want to have more of an opinion. I do want to take a moment to shout out everybody in the live chats that's been with us, even though that we were uh, uh, backstage. We did, we're doing a seven-day free trial on Patreon, so if you want to get some free access to Patreon, um, you're more than welcome to do that. I'm also doing a seven-day free trial of the paid YouTubes. Um, where we're doing some backstage stuff to show the the out the uh, non-paid members kind of what goes on behind the scenes and what they get. Now, this last call show is usually only for the paid members on YouTube's, and that goes out um, every Wednesday, and then it goes the following day to podcast to everyone, but they can't see it. Um, and so if you want to see this show, if this is something that excites you, then you need to become a paid member on our YouTube so that you can see the show um, and, and hang out with us in the chats before the show and, and kind of get your, get your time with me before the show because I engage all of you guys before the show. Um, Imperial Girl says, is this the Ferguson stuff? It happened right at the same time as Ferguson, yes. Um, but this happened in Oklahoma um, and uh, Oklahoma City. So... Uh, yeah. Um, so for uh, oh, Armory Knight is kind of is new in here. Looks like they're ch chiming in. Bones Cold, Tactical Dude, Bosco, um, all you guys. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Last Call of the Day. We'll be here with you tomorrow for John's Comp Center, and it's going to just be a phenomenal Comp Center as always. And then I think next week um, Drew's out of town, so I don't know what's going on for Comp Center. I don't know who the they're going to have us if Jonathan's going to have a special guest or. I'm going to be making a guest appearance on there or somebody else's, I don't know, but uh, it should be exciting. It's always fun when you have a substitute teacher, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Um, we not, you know, you don't know what you're going to get next Friday. Could be, could be Mike, the cop could, could make a return. Who knows? I don't know. I don't even know. So we'll find out soon. But uh, until then guys, guns up and giddy up as for myself and dead lag, this has been last call of the day. Gotta be well-rounded, be safe, stay strong. We'll see you guys tomorrow.